Hey everybody, my name is Alex and this is Lunchbox Radio. Now before we get started on the podcast subject proper, I wanted to first off encourage you if you haven't listened to, I think um, my back end is bugging out because the listenership is way low on the last Sunday edition or maybe you guys just weren't into it, um, but definitely go listen to the last Sunday edition all about... Um, all all about conceptual design and like conceptual design in terms of the entertainment that we consume. So definitely go check that out. Um, and also, I wanted to let you guys know about a thing that I got. I, some two things I got myself. So um, if you do not know, and I, you probably don't know because I have never, I don't think I've ever talked about it on this show, but I have been into watches for the like the last year and change and i've been collecting watches i've have some i have some amount that is a irresponsible amount now but i don't go after like i'm not going after rolexes like that's not that's not my life as much as you as much as i would like you to believe that i am the billionaire podcaster that's not my life i promise you i am however going after like a certain range that for me, means that like I can buy myself a watch and it won't break me, or I can buy myself two watches, or in the worst case scenario, four, um, and it won't break me. But the two I want to mention here are um, I got in on that um, Swatch X Dragon Ball Z um, collaboration. If you don't know, um, Dragon Ball Z has done like a wave of collaborations lately. They've um, collabed with uh, Fortnite and then slightly after that they collabed with Swatch and I ended up going for the Kami Senin like option if you look on the website that's the one with Master what with Master Roshi's face is just it's a watch face and that seemed like the least that seemed like the best designed one to me because like just the fun of just like looking down and seeing Master Roshi's <laughs> SS my dick um face on it is great. And the reason why I said that is because I always when I looked at that, I'm like, I just hear the voice actor who plays Master Roshi in Dragon Ball Bridged when I look at that watch face, which brings me a lot of joy. And then I also um, dip my fingers in the Seiko One Piece collaboration. So, if you, once again, if you're not aware, Seiko has a collaboration with One Piece in which, and I think they have four or five. I think they have five um, characters. They have, um, they have Luffy, Zoro, um, Sanji. Um, Law and um, Sabo as like like represented in watch form and they're doing that with the Seiko 5 I'm actually wearing the one I got which is the Seiko 5 One Piece collab Zoro edition and they're only making 5,000 of each of those watches so I've that helped me spur along my buy finger which can be very very irresponsible, especially if I'm looking on my phone in my bed at, like, 3 in the morning. I make great decisions. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, but 
it's a really nice piece. I really like it. It really does a great job of like invoking the like character concept of Zoro of Roronor Zoro Zoro in a watch, which is great. Um it's got like it's got all these little touches like on the back it has it has like his his goal which is I want to be the greatest swordsman in the world. It has like his crest which is the two it has like a sword and a sheaf. Um it's got actually his pirate crest on the um strap holder on the side which is also really cool and good um and it keeps great time so i'm very happy with it um on that note i want to get into what we're talking about this week and that is going to be a completely different thing not not watch collabs i promise um that will be a little show from 2018 called eurocamp Now, if you're not familiar with a certain genre of anime, um, there's a certain genre of anime called yashke shows. And yashke shows are shows that are just meant to be calming, nice, and like just like an anime that you want to relax and have a good time watching. And generally speaking, as a rule, I like watching yashke shows dubbed. So I actually watched all the all of Eurocamp dub. Um, I wanted to watch Eurocamp dubbed, but it was not. They were they had just started dubbing Eurocamp because they Crunchyroll got the rights to Eurocamp, got the full rights to Eurocamp when they got Funimation, and this seems to be a strategy they're taking of shows that they know will have much better reach if they have dubs for them. They are um, dubbing, and they are putting them out almost week to week style so um another show that they're doing with this is remake my life which i've been watching because it's a 
it's an art school drama show, so, you know, I'm already a huge fan of Honey and Clover. Why wouldn't I watch this, too? <laughs> um, it's also, like, a time-traveling thing, but, yeah. Um, and I'll probably talk about that once I'm done with it. But I take my sweet time with it because it comes out week to week. But with Eurocamp, I had the urge to jump the line and watch it subtitled. And the reason why I had the urge to watch it subtitled is because there's a lot of quality in this thing. And there's a lot of quality in the dub, and I'll talk about that in a second. But there's a lot of just, like, the really well-produced thing, and it's a really well-produced... It's a really well-thought-through idea, and that... A, comes from the Iashke slice-of-life-ness of it, but it also... Um... Comes from the fact that it's another kind of show that's common in anime. So anime has show has like genres like Yashke or like Shonen or Slice of Life, but it also has like kinds of shows in the same way that all TV has kinds of shows. Like when you watch a cooking show, lots of cooking shows are meant to get you into cooking. And that's true in anime too. If you watch Food Wars that show has a lot to do with the craft of cooking. And it makes total sense to me that people watching Food Wars would, like, maybe want to cook. Um, but the... And there's all kinds of these. There's all kinds of these shows. There's, like, a fishing show. This is most common with sports anime, with sports shown in anime, actually. Oftentimes, those things are functionally intro introduction to sports, different sports. Um, be it, like, free-running, tennis, Prince of Tennis, um, swimming, free, um, Hanebato is, I believe, badminton, um, and, so, like, these shows generally do a good job of informing the viewer what the deal is. My favorite, like, antithesis, like, my favorite, like, opposite end of the, of the sports anime explains how sports work to you show is, um, Basquash. Because Basquash has nothing to do with basketball other than it is the, like, it's probably why so many people look at it so strangely, um, but it is this. Vehicle for Nike shoes, very clearly, and it's also this treatment of basketball that is wild. Like, it has nothing to do with, bas with what basketball actually is or the rules of actual basketball. Whereas something like Eurocamp, it wants you to understand camping. It wants you to understand the process of how to go camping. In, an idea, in, uh, in a couple different levels of scenarios. And a couple different levels of, like, experience. Um, but the thing I will say about this is that all these shows have a... All these kinds of anime have a weird little side issue. And that is, they are largely from a Japanese perspective. From, like, 
you're not going camping as like this is how you would universally go camping all around the world. You're going camping at specific campsites in Japan. And there's a hilarious, like for the first couple episodes, this show is really horny for Mount Fuji in a way that like is stunning. And like, yes, it's beautiful scenery, but it's just like, they're always like, ooh, Mount Fuji. And you're like, "Eh, should I start a drinking game? Um, that dies off a little later as they get more into, like, the technicality of camping. But for the, like, first couple episodes, like, ooh, Mount Fuji, at least once an episode. It's very good. Um, but... So so this show, like, shows you how to go camping, but it also shows you what are probably pretty uniquely Japanese things that you would do while camping. And the show starts off and it follows this um, character named Shima Rin, or Rin Shima if you're going by the English dub. And Rin Shima is a real loner and she has a really specific, like, kind of quiet loner attitude. She, like, doesn't. She has friends, but she doesn't. She has at least one friend and she doesn't care for more, is what I will say. And she's a high schooler, and she's going, and she goes, her hobby is like solo, what what the show calls solo camping, which is, she goes camping by herself on the week, on the weekends. And she goes to all these different campsites all over, all over Japan, uh, eventually all over Japan. Initially just kind of close to her, but eventually she branches out more. And the show has a good way of showing you the passage of time. That'll get to in a second. That is the kind of the like turning point for she's going to camps way far out, and then there's this character named um, Nadeshko and uh, Nadeshko, and she is this kind of ditzy. She's presented as this weirdo ditzy character who. Sa- who heard that Mount Fuji looked great from this one campsite. So she took the bus out and she got so distracted that she ended up having to sleep on the bus on on the bus bench. And they have a great And anime does especially um Yasuke anime does this pretty often. They have this great comedy sequence where Rin sees Nadeshko and she's like, oh, she looked cold and maybe dead. And then she walks over and she's like, oh, no, she's asleep. She should be fine. It's not my problem. And then she, like, goes to the bathroom and goes back to her campsite. And then later she's like, oh, drank too much water. Got to go to the bathroom again. And Nadeshko, like, attacks her. (laughs) It's like, oh, God, please, please help me. Please give me something to eat. Please, like make me warm I'm so miserable and if you've ever seen like if you've ever seen much about Japanese society you know that they do not reach outside of themselves of their own accord very often and it's one of the things that probably catches people probably catches people in Japan off guard about Americans is that like 
We'll just ask people shit. We'll ju we will talk to people on the street. We will, like, engage with, like, a random stranger. I remember when Kie was here. Hi, Kie. I miss you. Um, she would occasionally be like, do you know that person? I'm like, no. It's a random stranger. She was like, oh, okay. And that, like, went away over the years. But she, at first she was like, oh, you don't. Like, you have no idea who that person is. I'm like, nope. And I remember um, when we were in college, we had a mutual friend who was um, also a Japanese transfer student, a Japanese exchange student, named Junko. And one of our black classmates, she had called Junko Honey. And I, I knew that classmate. I later, like, went up to him, like, you can't be fucking doing this shit. I don't have time to, like, explain the concept of calling somebody honey nebulously to somebody who has no idea what it means. <laughs> and she just laughed at me. And she was like, oh, yeah, sorry you had to, like, deal with that. <laughs> but, um, that's to say, like, the Japanese people do not reach out of their already established social circles very often outside of like where they work or where they go to school and you approach this you like you're you're presented with these two characters Rin and Nadeshko before you see what you you ultimately see which is their classmates and Rin's just like, who is this weird girl? It's kind of fun to, like, have a camping buddy, but, like, I would rather be here by myself. Blah, 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 blah. And then, like, in a later in a later scene, you see that Nadeshko is, like, now enchanted with the idea of camping. And she joins the... Um, she joins the... Outdoor camping, like, the Outdoors Club. And just so you have an idea, most um, recreational activities in high schools are in Japanese high schools and colleges are done through clubs. And club activities are a big deal, and you're like always encouraged to be part of a club. And it's like it, because that has a big effect on your social life in primary education and secondary education, and. You see this probably one of the better demonstrations of this is actually from Genshiken. Like Genshiken, they are uh, like I think they're like an anime appreciation and culture club in Genshiken, and clubs like that really do exist in colleges and in high schools, and it gives you a way to reach outside yourself safely. And it gives structure and, quite frankly, bureaucracy to to a hobby. And, and once again, it's like it's like uh, you, if you've watched anime, you've come across like photography club, the judo club, the like, you know, the manga club, the anime club. There's any number of like clubs you've come across if you've been watching anime for long enough. Um, another great example of, like, just the vastness of clubs is, um, believe it or not, Tenjo Tenge. Like, they have dumb, 
They have, like, dumb martial arts clubs and shit all throughout that thing in their, like, high school, which is really just a fucking arena for battle. But, um... Nadeshko joined, like, it, it, I think already was part of the outdoors club. Or, the like, the outdoor recreational club or something, whatever it's called. And this is where you meet um, her two friends... And her two her two friends are Chiaki o- Ogaki and Ali Inuma, I- Inuyama. And with these two characters, I want to like I want to touch on the kind of general feel that this show has like nailed. So. However long ago, I forget when, um, when, what's it called, um, oh, what was Annie's show about, um, rock and roll girls who, like, just, um, who just, like, sat around and drank tea. But Annie kind of, like, mastered the style that, the style and feel that, um, Sea Station is engaged in here, and so when you're watching this show, it's not kill an- it's not a kill any show, but it feels a hell of a lot like it, and you see that primarily in the character designs, specifically of Oga of Ogaki and of Inuyama, because they have like. Pretty and even um, Nadeshko, Rin is a little less so, but it's still def, but still definitely there with her. And I, so I should be clear here. I didn't watch the whole. I didn't watch the second season of this because what I got from this show is that it's an Iyaske show that sets up a premise and then just runs with that premise, and that premise did not change a whole lot. There are variations of it. There are like, but it's a show that knows what it is and it does what it's good at and it does that week to week every time. Um, and that's not a bad thing. I, I'm talking about this show because I really liked it. I liked it enough to be like, I'm not gonna wait for the dub to watch it every week to watch this. I'm gonna watch this. Subtitles. And. So the kind of like cadence of this show after you meet all the main characters involved is you're following Rin, who is an experienced camper, who like goes out and camps by herself for days at a time all over Japan. And then you are seeing Nindeshko and her friends like Inuyama and like Chiaki go out and like start to become experienced campers. And you're also seeing like what it's like to camp to like camp with a group and what it's like to camp by yourself. And here's why I want to talk about the passage of time. Because when the show starts, it's probably like late fall ish or just coming out of winter. And they like they have a real cozy vibe to this whole thing. Like, the character are kind of like darting a fire and getting cozy by the fire kind of thing. 
But the best way they demonstrate time is when the show starts. Rin is is riding her bike. is is strapping all of her camping gear to her bike, and she's riding her bike to a camp to campsite. And then, after uh, I think after like the first six episodes, all of a sudden, she's on a Vespa. She's on like a blue Vespa, and that's a great way to like show the viewer that time is passing without. Being like, and then three months later, she got approved for she got a Vespa license, and now she uses that. And not that that show that this show doesn't have that, but what this show has that for is weird little eccentricities of camping. Like, Rin b- eventually buys a collapsible like um a collapsible Japanese grill, traditional Japanese grill, and the show stops and it's like, hey, this is what this is. This is what you use it for. This is how you use it. Um, the show when, but then it also had a moment when, um, when Nadeshko and her friends all buy these different gear for camping, and they don't realize it needs to be prepped. Like, they buy a cast iron skillet, and they don't realize you need to season it. They buy a, like, household bowl that's wooden, and they don't realize they basically need to strip it before it, like, is okay to eat out of, because stuff will take growth if you put hot stuff in there. And so there's this, they come up with these moments to like make it a teachable moment and show you teachable thing. They like, and there's like a moment when um, Rin, Chiaki, and Ali, Iniyama, uh, or Nadeshko, Ali, and Chiaki go out to a camping store and they like, they talk about outdoor stores and they talk about the kind of stuff they carry and they talk about like the range of things and prices and it's just kind of like a calming awesome look and feel of a thing and the thing that the thing that got me hooked here is there was a so it's the second episode. And the second episode, and they're like, so, before I tell you this, you should know there are two kinds of music in, tele- in film and television. There's diegetic and then there's non-diegetic. The difference is, diegetic music is music that is in the world with the characters. It is things they can, that everyone around them can hear and they can hear. Non-diegetic music is Music that the viewer, that is for the benefit of the viewer. That maybe the the primary protagonist of what you're watching doesn't hear. And, they've been, and they play like really relaxing, nice kind of folksy music when, when like they're all camping. And then at the end of the second episode... They focus on a radio. And the radio DJ signs off. And he says something like, That's all I got for now, campers. Hope you get some rest. See you tomorrow. And good night. And like, it's, it's something pretty close to that. And can you tell I was a radio DJ? I, I'm a certified radio DJ. Like, I'm allowed to go on the airwaves. Um, but <laughs> the... 
just the like vibe of that and the fact that they use music they, they could have very easily and that was done specifically in the dub i don't know if they do something similar in the sub in the in the original japanese audio track but in the dub someone recognized like oh this is this is like a cool moment to do this this is a great this is like this is the kind of show this is this is like and that moment is like a welcome to what this show is like watch this before you go to bed and just have a real relaxing time and it's just a, it's a fun little it's like a fun little thing and this show's cadence really becomes um this kind of two different kinds of shows you get Nadeshko occasionally going on camping trips with Rin, but Rin largely goes camping by herself. And you get these, like, big kind of funny group camping scenes with Nadeshko and the other girl, and the other, and the other two girls. And eventually they, they do come together, but I... Eventually, I would assume in the second season, they do, like, come together in, like, a whole thing. The, that's very suggested by the opening and the ending of the show. But the long short of, it is, of this show is they're pretty, like, the show is pretty happy to, like, let Rin do her solo camping thing. Let, you know, the outdoor club, like, do their camping thing. And they introduced, like, Rin's grandfather into this whole thing, but, um, like, a side character. And they introduce other characters as side characters as well. They introduce this teacher who's, like, a chronic drunk. Like, you run into her at a campsite, and then you realize, like, oh, she's a teacher. And guess what? Now she's their club supervisor, because they have blackmail material. Um, and it's just, like, a fun thing, and it shows these girls pursuing this hobby pretty, pretty in a pretty focused way I will say if you're not into the kind of show where like mo for the most part there's only one gender that exists on earth this may not be for you um K-On it's the name of the KyoAni show that I was thinking of by the way I can't believe I forgot the name of fucking K-On um, but the, like, if you watch this show and you don't necessarily love the first episode, this is the whole thing. Like, the, that's the whole ball game, more or less. There are some, like, fun twists and fun jokes and, like, weird moments, like Rin's hilarious obsession with dogs. Or, like, Nadeshko just being a, like, lovable airhead constantly. Um, or, like, there's a f great scene where Rin is, like, why? She, like, she's not, at this point, she's got a best friend. She's going to a much farther away camping site. And she looks at the, like, Google Maps on how to get there. And she's, like, you can just cut through this mountain road. You don't have to, like, not, you, you, you don't have to, like, go all the way around this one mountain to get to this campsite. It would be so much shorter if I go this way. And she thinks she's, like, cracked the code. And she goes to get through the mountain road. And she finds out that it's closed because of falling rocks. 
and like there's like a little pit stop there, and somebody comes out and is like, yeah, this time of year, you, because of like climate change, you can't get past that point because it's super not safe. And so she's like, got to go back around. And then she's like, the last thing she's holding on to is that this campsite has an onsen. And she gets there, and the onsen is permanently closed. And then she's like, ah, oh, goddammit. And like, she goes, looks at the scenery and shit. And there's this like, once again, that Iyashke quality. And it has that same Iyashke quality, something like Flying Witch. Where it's very calming, it's very soothing. For the most part that I've seen, none of the problems that the show brings up are like big, serious nightmare things. There's like the constant joke of like, we're high schoolers and we don't have that much money, so we can't buy the like $200 tent. We bought the $15 tent and it slightly sucks, but it will work. Or, um, and there's like the joke of Nadeshko being an appetite wrapped in human skin and just like she brings tons of food to make because she will eat all the food. And I mean all the food. And th that, um, and they do get into like campsite culture and like the kind of sharing culture that can happen between, like, different people camping at the same campsite. If, like, you make a little bit too much of this and they make a little bit too much of that, maybe there's a food exchange. Um, and the... And it's just, like, a fun time. And it, it, it has, like, a... Has, like, a campsites of Japan tourism-ness to it that's really excellent. It also has... Like, after about episode three, it's not quite so horny for Mount Fuji. It's more really into great majestic views of, like, Japan as a whole. Like, not even just J Japanese nature, but, like, Japan. Um, and they go to a few, they go to some unique campsites. Like, there's one campsite they go to where, um, you can rent a boat. You can, like, rent a boat to get to ferry yourself across this lake so you don't have to walk around the lake. But it's a little bit more pricey so they don't do it the first time. And then Deshko's like, but I really want to because she spends the money. And she has, a, like, a great time, like, rowing the boat herself as you see um, Rin just kind of, like, use her little, like, campsite-provided um, luggage trolley to, like, get her stuff back, back around. It's just, it's like a, it's got the same kind of, like, peaceful vibes that, and it's gonna sound really, um, really strange, that the opening of Mushishi does. Like, it feels like you could play the opening, you could play, um, the Sore Feet song over this entire show, and you would just, like, kind of, like, just hang out with it, and it would be fine. You'd be listening to campsite radio. As DJ would tell you good night and good morning. And it's it's just a fun time. And like it's also a great like 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 I said earlier, I watched it primarily before I went to bed. Like I was like, Oh yeah, it's time for bed. Let's go watch maybe like one or two or maybe three if I'm feeling 
like particularly industrious episodes of um, Eurocamp, and then just like that gets you a nice tired, relaxed place, and then you can go and like just like drift on to sleep. And also, it's 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 not as you need to do this as a lot of those like move to the country shows are. It's more. This would be a nice thing for you to know about. This is like, like, it's just, it's just like a fun, soft touch thing. And on that note, I think I'm going to end it here a little early. But if you like this episode, um, share the podcast with friends. Um, share, like, just share it with friends. Give the podcast a five-star rating on whatever app you are using to listen to me right now. And you can also subscribe in that app for new episodes every third day and every other Sunday. And the third day shows are more like this. They're about like a single show or a single property. Um, the Sunday shows are more metatextual, more conceptual, um, more about fandom things or um, even like industry stuff or um, like the craft of animation or entertainment. And on that note, I have been Alex, and that's all I've got for you, campers. I'll talk to you next Thursday. Hit that.